Slurp, burp, burp, Welcome to Slurp and Chirp. Slurp and Chirp. Slurp and Chirp. We're your hosts. I'm Eric. I'm David. And today we have a uh, guest host, Big City Kev, up in this building. Say hello, Kev. What's up, y'all? Sorry, prefer- Big City introduction. Yeah, right? I, I can feel it. I can feel it. You prefer BC Kev or just Big City Kev? You know what? You guys do what you got to do. BC, oh, cool. like before Christ? <laughs> you know what? It, it could work. It could also be something dirtier. Who knows what BC truly stands for? Anyway, so today we will be talking about the movie Dunkirk, the 2017 Christopher Nolan movie. But before we get into that, as always, we will be reviewing our beverages. And what do we got today, David? Today we're drinking Newton's Folly, which is a semi-dry cider made from bum, bum, American Hard Cider Co. from Vermont. Not a fan of that. Strike one. <laughs> you don't feel the burn? Is that what it was? That is that why? I just I wanted my 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 hard cider to be a little closer. But I guess Vermont probably has a lot of good apples. I could see that being an apple picking area. I thought Washington was the apple picking state. All right, then I'm back off. I'm back off. <laughs> Vermont, this is garbage. Strike one. Strike one. All right. All right. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, sure. I'll talk about it. Um. I can tell you right now, I know Jack about ciders. When I tasted this one, it tasted pretty much like an Angry Orchard. And I was like, oh, this is just Angry Orchard, but from Trader Joe's. And uh, I'm pretty sure that is what most people will think when they drink this cider. Um, I do like the name, Newton's Folly. I thought that was pretty funny. You know, nice little apple joke. Um, you, You see, David, Newton was struck by an apple by a dick physicist from across the way. You see? Wow. And, uh, yeah, and then those those physicists, man, they 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 play for keeps. Always chugging fruit at each other, and it's uh yeah, it's really it's really hard field to be in these days. And wow. man, if you guys like jokes, I got one for you. <laughs> Great setup. Okay. Lo- loving it already. <laughs> What's gray has four legs and a trunk? An elephant. Nope, a mouse on vacation. Uh <laughs> Maybe, maybe we should cancel the guest extra. It's, it's, uh, it's all right. That's what the editing is for later on. <laughs> big, big City Kev will be here all day. Don't worry, guys. That was big, right. big City so, Kev <laughs> dropping jokes. Whoa, those are Big City jokes. Big City jokes. All right. Uh, so is that your whole thing? So it tastes uh, like an angry, angry it tastes, orchard? It, t- it tastes like an angry orchard. Um, I, I guess I'm not really sure what super dry means, but I want to say it's a little bit tart, but not too sweet. Um. I would say you, you do realize that sweet and tart are. The I know they're right? they're opposite. Stupid. <laughs> That's what ciders don't make sense. They're confusing me, man. All right, but anyway, I give it like a solid five point two because it's okay. It's it's a very uh, crappy review for the my cider this time. All right, I have no idea how to describe these the cider. This might be the first time I've ever had a hard cider. I think. Why don't, you, why don't you just paint a sword picture that's what i did last time it was great lord cthulhu came out everybody was excited all of our two listeners were at the edge of our edge of their seat it's great david is this like an authentic cider uh i mean it's, i don't I know what makes it authentic but it's a cider it says semi-dry I, I was in gettysburg uh yeah. a month ago and i had a hard cider out there from like johnny appleseed days yeah and it tasted like garbage cans smell. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Johnny Appleseed, uh, he was around a long time ago, and I'm guessing his apples were not prepared very well. It sounds like he just right. dropped seeds and walked around. So I wouldn't 
Is, I would put a lot of stock in Was it not a euphemism? Was it not from his, you know, oh, his you Apple he, Seed? <laughs> you think He's, it was like a Genghis Khan thing where he would travel? <laughs> the good old Johnny Appleseed. There he uh, comes hanging his low-hanging fruit, you know. You thought Johnny Appleseed was planting stuff for apples? No. <laughs> Hard cider was the first American alcohol. Right up that, there with uh, bourbon right. and moonshine. Is that true? <laughs> I'll, I'll believe it. Right. Well, a he's white guy said it, so it must be true. It That's must true. be true. He is white. Wait, but without YouTube, we don't even know if he's white. How can we trust it? <laughs> you can <laughs> tell it's it's a very authoritative voice. You know, I I feel like he knows things. Indeed. Uh, wow. Damn. Hard cider is old as shit. Goes back to Egyptian times. Oh, that's pretty cool. Better put. This I mean, in. it is fermented fruit. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, hard cider. <laughs> well, is hard cider considered the same as like mead? Uh, no, mead is honey wine. Meat is pretty delicious. Meat is uh, good, but that's like a hangover. Like yeah, hangover. <laughs> Man, I was at the Renaissance Fair this last weekend, and the mead provider did not make it through COVID and went out of business, so they didn't have any meat at the Renaissance Fair. That's fine. I know. All right. It's like Eric. I don't have a lot of history with cider, so here right, we close go. All your, close all your tabs, David, and then start talking. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you first? I'm offended. <laughs> um. So, two sips for that one. This, this, is, this shows how serious I am. It was semi-dry. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get, uh, this is a 5.5. Let me tell you why it's a 5.5. Let me find a good word for this. All right, please elaborate. Yeah. All right. Well, first, I'd say the appearance. It's a bit chartreuse, <laughs> which... Uh, I'm not going to tell you what that means, but that's that's the color. It's very chartreuse color, which I appreciate. <clears throat> Just a lot um, of clicking can... going on in that background, David. A lot of clicking. Uh, that was not clicking. That was me holding the beer. <laughs> but it has kind of an int- a kind of a weird taste. That semi dryness adds a little bitterness that kind of takes away from the the appleness because I really like cider and not a fan of the semi dry stuff. It's not that strong, so you don't really get like the alcohol to kind of kind of make up for it. It's just kind of like a dull dullish taste. I do like the sparkliness of it because, like I said, it reminds me of sparkling cider, which is one of the greatest beverages ever. And David is just such a sparkly guy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's a very nice compliment. But it didn't really even have that much carbonation, I felt. And I think that's what made it more, or I guess, semi-dry, just the lack of carbonation. Or did, did I just get a weak um, batch? Is that, is that what happened? <laughs> uh, it's not, like, super strong, but I think it's just more the, I guess, whatever this dry bitterness. I think it just kind of masks it more. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so basically what we've learned is we don't we're out of the cider game. We, we can't handle the cider game. <laughs> Your Apple experience is pretty much straight out of Apple Jacks as a kid. Uh, right? Apple Jacks is delicious. delicious. It is delicious, right? Was that cinnamon in it? Mm, it's great but stuff. I'd like to remind you guys, cornflakes, best cereal in the game, bar none. Not even Corn, close. Cornflakes? What the hell's wrong with you, man? Cornflakes <laughs> runs the game. Not David, even close. Frosted Flakes, nothing. David, do you know why cornflakes were invented? I don't know. Uh, because God came down. There's a giant rooster on it, right? Yeah. I would I would encourage David with all the clicking going on to do a Google search of that. <laughs> it might not be viewer appropriate, so we'll move on. Cornflakes <laughs> gotcha, invented. gotcha. All right. Uh, it was invented for patients at Battle Creek Centarium. So it's, <laughs> let's see what Battle Creek Centarium is. But it sounds like cornflakes save lives Does for it? patients. So it's popular among patients. Did, did you say sanitarium? Is that an insane asylum? Are you saying you love the food of insane people? <laughs> because it makes you go crazy. It's crazy, crazy delicious. <laughs> it's like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, a different slogan, man. <laughs> right. It's crazy genius. There we go, David. 
<laughs> and I like to point out that this looks like it's what put Kellogg on the map. So congratulations, Cornflake. William Kellogg, for uh, making cornflakes and creating a cereal that everyone can love. Uh, disagree. But all right. Cool. All right. Well, you're wrong. Move. <laughs> Moving on. Wait. <laughs> Why were Kellogg's cornflakes invented? And was it to stop masturbation? <laughs> it may just have been a an urban legend, David. Lane's <laughs> where the mascots are cock. <laughs> but, um, that neck does look a little long. According to news.com, it was. Let's see. Uh, Alex right. so. That's a pretty short article. It's like, yes, it was. <laughs> I trust everything I read on the internet. So. Let's see. Uh, yeah, she doesn't really go into this very well. In his book, he lists some damaging symptoms and a fondness for spicy foods. Okay. Uh, so according to this, he's saying his solution to stopping suffering was meats and rich flavored foods increase sexual desires, while plain foods like nuts and cereals suppress it. So even so, he's saying his cereals bland, right? That's that's pretty what he's. I know. He's, he's like, hey, the cereal I, sucks. It won't get you horny at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like, a, i think there's a bit of stretch I'm gonna like, say, eat, eat this if you don't want to wank it that's that's why i put cayenne uh cayenne pepper on my cornflakes <laughs> yeah every morning say, he's ready to go <laughs> the spice of life that is yeah this is a pretty big stretch i'm gonna say i'm officially putting the stance of slipperature as an anti john kellogg was not for stopping masturbation with or with a cereal that's my official stance on this Okay, good. Good to know we stand somewhere on this, I guess. Yeah. All right. A lot of people on Twitter have been saying, we need your opinion. Gotcha, well, gotcha. well, David, how did the barber win the race? Uh, By a hair, I guess. Oh, oh that's good. Nice <laughs> oh, not bad. But he knew a shortcut. Uh, uh, that's true. That's good. That's good. Uh, uh, that big city cap coming at you. <laughs> These are the jokes, people. These are the jokes. What year is this big city from, Kevin? Are you like in a big city from the 1930s? Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about this movie. All right. Do you want to do the summary or do you want to go into history or, or do you want to just jump straight into winners and losers? Are we skipping big city Kev not drinking anything with oh, us? Yeah. I mean, you got to be slurping if you're going to be chirping. That's the rules. Even if it is just a glass of water, tell us. Describe this water. Is it a big oh. city drink like a Manhattan? Let me tell you about my big city drink, guys. It's the greatest. So it is. It's water with a few milligrams. Water, really? Water with some uh, potassium added to it, and a pinch of salt. Not just any salt, but this is pink Himalaya salt. Are you hydrated? Um, I'm trying to be hydrated. That's the objective. How's the viscosity of the water? It is normal. (laughs) I don't know what viscosity means. You don't know what viscosity. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a measurement of something, but what what is it a measurement of? Like thickness, like honey has the highest viscosity. Oh, that's a weird question then. Yeah, I take it back. It it really was. (laughs) How thick is your water? Yeah, basically (laughs) what you asked, man. (laughs) This is this is not going well. All right, let's uh let's move on. Let's go into some Dunkirk. Some Dunkirk. All right, give me a synopsis, David. What well, I've is this? this. All right. Why not? Are we do, or do you want to do like a little history? Are you going to teach us about World War II? Because that's what this movie's all I about. Can, I can do both. Yeah. All right. So let's go through a little history on why the French, Belgium, and British soldiers suck at fighting. I forget when. Probably in World War One, 
The French developed the Maginot Line, which was supposed to be their, oh, this is impenetrable, no one can stop this. And while they were creating this unpenetrable line to stop Germany from taking their asses, they uh, they decided that, hey, there's a forest that we don't actually need to protect because tanks can't go through force. Update. Tanks can go through force. Twist. And uh, after that, the tanks basically just beat the crap out of them and pushed them way, way down the line, all the way to uh, to the sea. And so instantly... The French, British, and Belgian soldiers were all surrounded, and the only place they can go to escape was through Dunkirk. Oh my god, happens to be the name of this movie. Crazy. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure that they picked Churchill's first day to like start the war, so he gets sworn in. It's like that uh, the Simpsons episode where Homer like screws everything up on the boat, and he's like, it's, it's my like first it's my day. First. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so Churchill comes in, and he goes to see the French, and he's like, hey, we're not doing so good. What's our escape plan? And the French commander's like, uh, we don't have one. It's like, I thought you were my escape plan. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, so Churchill starts Operation Dynamo, which was basically, hey, screw you, French guys. We're getting out of here. Yeah, poor French guys. I mean, they were just left like holding the bag at the end. That's what it seemed like. The worst people were, uh, there's like 30,000 people at this town called Lily. And, uh, and they were literally surrounded like on all sides. And they held off against like a hundred thousand uh, German dudes for, Damn. yeah, for a couple like a I don't know like a day or something like that, which is really long considering that like they got run through in like two weeks. It, it was pretty bad. David's never lasted that long. <laughs> I mean, two weeks would be pr- pretty pretty problematic. You're supposed to go see a doctor after like what <laughs> nine hours. <laughs> I think it's, I it's four, David. <laughs> <laughs> that was a humble brag, is what it's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just slip that one in there. He's like, yeah. Uh. That's a get for the semi-dry. That's, those are the days he avoids his cornflakes. You, know? <laughs> you skip cornflakes for one day. It just, it's a rocket. <laughs> like, Whoa. And pepper, David. Uh, <laughs> all right. So basically, they were expecting to save about 40,000 people. But because Hitler decided to do a halt order. So the German commanders, first Hitler's like, hey, don't go too far. And they're like, hey, screw you, Hitler. And they just kick the crap out of him and go all the way to the sea. And then uh, Hitler's like, hey. Maybe we should wait a little bit. And they're like, nah, we got this. And Hitler's like, nah, I run shit. And he says no. And so they all kind of like stop and they wait for like two days. And Hitler's just like, we're going to bomb the crap out of them. But the weather was kind of bad, so they couldn't really bomb them that well. And so there's like 500,000 people, all the allies chilling there. And and in those two days, they get the rescue ships. They were expecting to save about 45,000 people, but they ended up saving 300,000 and kept the British in the war nice even though they lost like all of their like like ammunition all the stuff stuff was left behind they're just like eh, do we really need this tank (laughs) it's like it's not my favorite color just leave it that's fine i got a blue one at home that's fine (laughs) this is the crazy thing you would think that like like in dunkirk you would destroy your stuff when you know you're gonna leave but they just left it there and half the stuff that they left there they were used in africa everywhere throughout the war they used all british stuff all right, so that's the history. So now uh, let's get into the actual movie. The actual movie, winners and losers, right? Is that right. that what yeah. we're doing? Yeah. All right, Eric, who's the first winner of this movie? Winner, I'm going to go with Harry Styles. <laughs> Which one is Harry Styles? In, I forget what his character's name is, but he's in this movie. And uh, he's going in, what's it called? The, the right direction, not just the one direction. See what I did there? Bam. Wow. One direction joke. Uh, cool. You know? Yeah, he manages to tag along with the protagonist, which is 
some guy named Fian Whitehead who plays him. Um, but he manages to tag along and through it all survives at the end. So therefore, he's a winner. I'm gonna say he's not the protagonist. With the Tommy guy, Tommy guy's a protagonist. Yeah. You think so? I think there's not really a protagonist. Well, I mean, he's like the one you're following throughout it all. Him and the French guy. That's true. All right, that's fair. We'll we'll give it to him. All right, I'm gonna say America because it just shows how inept the French and the English were without America to uh carry their bags. And even at the end, yeah. (laughs) And even in the end, they're like, hey, we're gonna run away and hide in Britain and hope America comes in. So I'm gonna say America was. Even though they didn't come in for like another like three three years after that, right? They put the team on their back once they did, though. Yeah, right. We 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 had it those last three years of the war. Those were us, man. <laughs> that was all of us. Do you have any other winners? I guess you can say Churchill's plan to use civilian boats. I mean, yeah, it saved, yeah, it saved, 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 saved a lot of people. Yeah. Well, a lot more that they had anticipated. According to one of the videos I saw, they said that the the civilian boats didn't really do as much as they thought, oh, but it so was this... a good story. Um, but I mean, they, they did call it like the spirit of Dunkirk. So it was like a big morale thing. Yeah. So that, like we're all in it together. So it was more of a moral victory than like an actual, I think it was mostly like the big ships that did it, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically still, what still. this movie still is basically is, yeah. right? It's just, huzzah, great Britain was great back in the day. Check it out, guys. Here, look at this movie. <laughs> and like, here's some French people that were in it, but they sucked. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's basically the whole movie. Even though, I mean, you can argue like that the French. Like the French guy in the movie, what's his name? Uh, Does he even yeah. have a name? Francois. Francois. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, so, but uh, you could say that he like personified how the French were treated like throughout the war, like, and then even as the boat was sinking at the end, like right in his last scene, like he was still the last one, still plugging the holes as the yeah. British dudes left, and then he still gets stuck, tangled behind, tangled with some chains and all that, so. And that's kind of a metaphor for what actually happened because yeah. there was like 40,000 French and Belgians who knew they were going to die and they stood behind allowing Dunkirk to happen when uh, when Hitler's finally like, hey, you guys got your two-day break. All right, we're going to re- resume the war. The French were like, all right, we got you. And then the British are like, all right, deuces. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks for uh, picking up the bill. We're out. <laughs> uh, see you in the World Cup. <laughs> right. Actually, I got three more winners. Okay. All right. I got British propaganda because... By really any account, this was a massive failure. Like, unbelievably, they just ran through them like they didn't exist. The Germans just dominated. Mainstein definitely was the MVP of World War II. So the fact that they were able to turn around and say, like, hey, we might have been a retreat, but this was like, a you know, a big victory. Enough that they, like, kind of turned it around and kind of got people excited. I think that's pretty good job propaganda-wise. I would say uh, Ferrier was also a winner because he didn't look like that great of a pilot. But he was the last one surviving in his group. He it looked like he was going to die like 10 times. <laughs> and while he got captured in the end, he still landed, which I think is pretty good that he didn't just like fall out of the sky when his gas ran out. Well, and I, think he also, he, I think he did that just to boost morale, right? Because if they would have seen like the his plane go down, like right in front of them, they would have been like, oh, no, it's hopeless, you know? Yeah, but didn't he like start running out of gas like in front of everybody? And like, yeah, but power stops. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he could have like tried to like turn it into the ocean and just crash land in the ocean because that's where all the boats were heading, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, he, but he chose to just instead park it down just to, to show him, hey, we still got it. Take that, Germans. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, he, he ends up being like a war prisoner. But I think like all in all, that's probably like the fact that he la- landed without being horribly disfigured. I think it's a pretty big win. Yeah, and Tino was smart enough to burn his own planes. Yeah, <laughs> the only person who had the foresight. Um, He's like, you taking this from me, boys. 
And then the last one, I think, is really the only like legitimate winner. And I would say it's the dad because he was super calm throughout everything. He saved a bunch of lives. And he did that badass turn to save everyone from the uh, the plane. So oh, I think the true. dad was the only person who was probably a winner in this. That's yeah, true. he definitely didn't suffer any losses. What do you mean? The dad. His son, his son died? But that was before the movie. It doesn't count. Uh, I see. All right. So now let's go to losers. And let's just skip ahead and say all soldiers because, you know. In every in every war, there are some <laughs> losers, yes. I, I would say special shout out to the people who died, like the super unnecessary deaths that are just like the logistic failures. Like <laughs> the people who like were trying to climb the, the rope to get on the boat and oh, were too yeah. slow and their legs got crushed. Yeah, or the people who fell in between the boat and the dog and it's just like, ah, crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. faster. Uh I mean, I'm, I shouldn't be laughing, but yeah, you know, these things happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I kind of like that because it kind of adds more realism because I think a lot of it, like, this is really focused on the logistics of war, which I think is like the, the key part of war is the logistics part of it is making sure you have food, you have materials, and you have a place to escape to. Yeah. And I think this movie did a really good job showing that, like, once you don't have logistics, you are screwed. Yeah, it d- definitely did not focus on the action. Christopher Nolan's point was to show, like, little to no action. Just try to get like the story behind like the survival of yeah. overall war. Yeah, I think it's kind of like highlighted when he's at the end. They're just like, "What happened?" And he's just like, "We survived." But yep, barely. Yep. Twist. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, what other losers do you have? Poor Georgie, man. Georgie yep. had a bad day. All he tried to do was help some people. Gets shoved in the face. Falls down some stairs. Hits his head pretty hard. Sucks. Yep. Sucks. Sucks for Georgie. <laughs> See, I thought that was the dad's son. Uh, oh, oh. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Oh, that explains. Okay, yeah. I should watch the movie before doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought the the George and the shivering soldier guy, I thought that was kind of a microcosm for the whole movie because, like, George starts off with, like, really grand ideas of heroism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he gets kind of a taste of it when he sees the, the soldier with the PTSD. And they're like, oh, oh, this guy's actually kind of dangerous. This isn't going to be, like, you know, a fun thing where everyone would pat me on the back. Yeah. And then like it gets real dark real fast where he gets like knocked over and you know suddenly he's blind. And then like, you know, his corpse is just pushed aside at the end, like people don't care. Yeah. Um and then but then like at the very end, they kind of all tell a lie about it and propagandize it because they're like, Hey, you didn't really kill the guy, he's fine. And then they go and they say, like, oh, you know, that George, he's a hero, local hero. And so I think it kind of was like a full circle of this of the movie. The guy's already going through like PTSD, the the guy they saved on the boat and i mean just telling him that george is dead i mean it would probably just put him over so <laughs> i think if anything they're doing a kindness to him that's why like the, the the other boy and the father they have like that that like that head nod they're just like yep don't yeah. don't tell them you're like it's, it's all right but i think that's kind of like the the whole point of this movie is like the whole thing is like the british people they're like hey don't tell them that our soldiers yeah, yeah. Are, they stood st- st- there waiting to die <laughs> you know stiff upper lip right and that what they say <laughs> yeah. nice nice all right that's cool. Right. Uh, do we want to go into some plot holes? Plot holes. Wait, we've got any more losers? Oh, I mean, I basically just said everyone was a loser. Everybody was. I was gonna say for sure Nazis because they didn't get any any FaceTime in this movie at all. That's true. The only the only thing they did was a shooting <laughs> a shooting drill. Right. As like even at the end when they capture what's his name Farrier. Yeah. Like as the camera zo- like zooms in, they like you can't see their faces. They're all obscured in the shadow. Kevin, as as a resident German, how do you feel? seeing your people get completely exiled from this movie. I guess I got to think about the people that are sleeping with the fishes on that. Um, and speaking of fish, I'll give this one to Eric. Good transition. All right. <laughs> Why do fish like to eat worms? Why do fish like to eat worms? Hmm. You can say they're hooked on them. 
Wow, because good, they sir. get hooked on them. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Eric right. for the win. Gross. That's that big city humor. That's yeah. what that. <laughs> yes. As as someone that's five eighths German, um, I think there's a little bit of cultural appropriation in that. So, um, oh. yeah, it was uh, it was kind of demonizing for sure. When I was doing some uh, research before this, apparently this movie caught a lot of flack for not showing enough women and people of color, like especially the Indians. They said there was a couple hundred Indians at Dunkirk, and they're like, oh, my God, how did they not show the Indians? Well, I mean, Christopher Nolan is what British, right? So that's a good segue into the plot holes, David. There you go. Where's all the Indians? Plot holes. Where were those those Indians? Uh, But actually, while we're talking about people that were missing, I think the first thing that stood out to me is where were the people? If you have like 400,000 people in a little town of Dunkirk, I would have thought like first, I would have thought the town would be in a lot worse shape considering it was bombed relentlessly by uh, the Luftwaffe, which is like the Apex Air Force at the time. Mm. You know, not counting America because obviously. <laughs> but uh, but like the town was in perfect condition after getting bombed relentlessly. And then like the people on the beach, like 400,000 people don't look like that. There was large gaps of emptiness, and I would have thought it would have been like packed to the brink. I think it was just harder to film that many people. Maybe they didn't have a good CGI budget, you know? That's actually, I think, what they, the thing said. They're like, they're like uh, no one wanted to use actual people, and he didn't want to, he didn't want to splurge on CGI, so they just left a lot of empty room. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. I mean, because what was his movie after this? Tenet? He used all his budget on Tenet. That's, that's, no, this, is, this is a hundred uh, hundred million dollar movie. It, oh. But I think he used it on like actually like I think he actually sunk the boats and stuff. And like all, they had uh, okay. the planes and stuff. I did all just on costume design. He really wanted like that. Those pilots to look like pilots. <laughs> he spent a lot of money on the French <laughs> to make him really look French. <laughs> he, he gave everybody for like French uh, French lessons. They were all British actors. <laughs> <laughs> but uh they had like four lines of uh dialogue for the whole movie right it was like perfect really <laughs> sending it guys <laughs> make great britain proud they all ate baguettes before they started <laughs> oh also uh i forgot in losers the air force should be uh pointed in because the army got like real bitter through this and there's a couple times where like the british pilot after he uh, uh parachuted it they're like nah bro you can't get in this line get out of here and then, like, they kept crapping all over the Air Force, like, where's the Air Force? Where's the Air Force? And at the end, that one guy is, like, about to walk away, and they're like, He's like I where got were you, bro? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, the old man's like, don't worry. We know where you were, man. Yeah. We got you. <laughs> uh, so, I'd say the Air Force was definitely a loser this one, but yeah. they came back in the Battle of Britain. Spoiler. <laughs> man, I was waiting for Dunkirk 2, Electric Boogaloo to come out then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoiled it, man. Jeez. Right, so, were there any actual like plot holes besides the missing people? Uh, I think that was basically it. it was the fact the city was fine after getting bombed. Uh, the beach was empty, and they didn't really show a lot of like the equipment or stuff. But aside from that, I thought it was pretty pretty accurate. And also, they they made like an extra focus on like the boat saving the day. But yeah. I think for the most part, it was it was pretty good. I think he spent a lot of, a lot of focus on um, making it historically like realistic. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. More, I guess, I wouldn't say sus- suspenseful or more story driven, I guess. I don't, I don't know. One of those words, David. <laughs> yeah, I don't because it had like the three stories, like the air, the land and the sea. Yeah, but they weren't like, I don't know. They were very weird stories because they, they didn't really like have like dialogue or anything. It's just kind of like, hey, I'm here. This sucks. Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of know what's going to happen as each one is just different different time zones or different time places away from the other one. Like, I think one's a week, one's a day, and then one's an hour about what's – but they all, like, take place at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
So overall, what are your thoughts? What what would you rate this movie? Uh, probably like a, I don't know. I like my war movies to have be full of action, and this was kind of yeah. lacking. So I I give it like a six point two. Six point two. I mean, it's a watchable cinematically. It was very pretty, mm-hmm. and you know, it was uh, nice to see uh, the perspective of just the uh, a soldier's survival. But uh, I know I, I like I like my action, you know. <laughs> so and then there wasn't like like you said, there wasn't like a lot of like conversation throughout the movie. It's all just like check out these cool backgrounds. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm probably gonna say like a six point six point six because I think it was really well done. I think he had a clear plan and I think he executed it really well. I think he actually cared about it, which is good. Um, but there wasn't a lot to like drive me to the story. I needed I needed more. I was, yeah. Yeah. Was, there, there wasn't like a hook that you're like, I mean, yeah, it was kind of suspenseful and you wanted to follow along, but it wasn't like, I mean, each soldier was kind of like cannon fodder at this point. Yeah. You didn't really have that emotional investment. It was kind of just like, oh, these guys are going to die. This is going to suck. It was all like Jarhead where it kind of like, kept going but it never it never really built up anything it's just very high tension the whole movie gotcha and i think it just the focus on realism opposed to like an actual story i think was the difference all right so solid barely above average movie that's yeah. that's what we're saying all right Kevin, what do you think you know i thought they really reached the pinnacle with this movie oh yeah and uh speaking of pinnacles um <laughs> how, how do you find out the weather what the weather's like uh, at the top of a mountain we'll go with eric that is a good question. All right, you, you climb got me. it. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> that concludes my review. All right. I think yeah, I think that's that's, 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 a, that's a good review, man. That was a good review. Thank yeah, I thought so. All right. Well, with that being said, I mean, we'll keep this one kind of short. I mean, it was a yeah. de- decent movie, but. Watch it. I would say the movie was better than our review. <laughs> a lot longer. It was a, a lot longer than our review. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what's next? That being said, yeah. What are we doing in two weeks? Two weeks. Right, so Kevin, at this point, this is where we spend the next hour trying to figure out our next movie. This is where the this is where the magic happens. Uh, and then we get fed up that we can't think of anything and we just pick something random. You have a movie you want to recommend? Uh, a good one for Halloween when it comes back around. Um, October. We should do something spooky. That is what we should be doing. It is oh, October. What if I get scared? I don't know about this. That's on you. Don't get high before. That's on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Kevin, so I got high and I watched uh, like the, the cartoon Mortal Kombat and like it got too real for me. I'm like, oh my god, what if it's my spine getting pulled out? I can't handle this. I had to pause it like halfway through. That's true. You know, actually, you, I think that's the you, theme. I think when I, whenever I get high, I just can't handle the movie. Like, right, Boogie you Nights, did that for Boogie like, Nights. Like, yeah. the, the, the corn was too intense. This is too much for me. I need to go eat my cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but for Halloween special, um, what about, about Jumanji? Like, I like Jumanji. That's a good movie. Good we, we could do like a Freddy or a Jason. Yeah, or... let's do like a spooky movie. It's Halloween time. At least a crappy, bad, scary movie or whatever is actually scary. I don't know. Yeah. Jumanji scared the hell out of me as a kid. Jumanji, or we could do like The Lodge. Isn't that the one with the the famous scene where she like screws up the guy? That's probably t- too much for me. I don't know if I can handle The Lodge. <laughs> How about the hug? I mean, it's gonna be pretty hard if David can't even handle the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas is too super crazy. How about the Vatican tapes? That's a horror movie. The and Vatican it probably... tapes. What is it about? Like child molestations? What is? Uh, it says. Angela Holmes is an ordinary 27-year-old until she begins to have devastating effect on anyone close, causing serious injury and death. Uh, you can watch zombie movies. 28 Days Later is a good one. 
Yeah, that's good. I like, I like zombie movies. How about The Conjuring? That's a pretty big horror movie, right? Right. It's one of the recent ones, right? I'm there's, a, there's a second one. It's Conjuring 2. Oh, I think what you would appreciate is a Hulu original called Bad Hair, where this black woman gets a weave. <laughs> <laughs> did they really do that? Yeah. Look it up, man. And it's like it was like some sort of serial killer's hair or something. And then uh-huh. her, her hair runs amok, man. I kid you not. I kid you not, David. In the horror movie satire set in 1989, that's when I was born. Bad hair follows an ambitious woman who gets a weave in order to succeed. However, her career comes at a cost when she realizes her hair may have a mind of its own. Oh, man. I'm done. I do bad hair. I would love to do bad hair. All right. We'll do that for the next one. Then that'll be our in two weeks from now. No, I was too ambitious. Maybe we can't pick a movie just yet for that second week. All right. We'll do this. So what are we watching next week or in two weeks from now, David? Uh, bad hair. Bad hair. A movie about a woman with some bad hair. We're trying to keep it spooky for the holiday season. That is Halloween. Nothing scarier than a bad hair day, except for no hair at all. That's true. Sorry for our bald fans. Looking at you, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Don't hair shame. We don't hair shame here. (laughs) Too too close to the heart there. What are you implying there, Eric? What are you implying there? (laughs) Nothing, nothing. Hair looks great great today, David. (laughs) This could be the wedge that ruins the podcast, Eric, so be careful. (laughs) Try carefully. All right, so we'll do that in two weeks. Um, and then we'll probably have another scary movie after that for our Halloween episode. And, uh, you know, keeping it spooky in October. And uh, with that being said... Thanks so, you for making the first ever Serpent Chirp guest appearance, Kevin. Absolutely. Yeah. Big City Kev signing out. All right. We'll catch you next time. It I'll was a pleasure. Before. <laughs> yeah, and you better get everyone you know to sign up. We, we expect to see our tri- our viewership triple. I don't. I don't think I'll have uh, as many um, good jokes this time around, though. Next time. Oh no! <laughs> you gotta come you, prepared. Prepare. You all your jokes. Okay. Well, let me let me get. I'll tell the secret about my jokes. Um, so my girlfriend is an elementary school teacher, and she was literally texting me those jokes as <laughs> the show was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to just time them in that everything was great. Seamless, <laughs> seamless transitions. Yeah. With my seamless transitions, they were perfect. <laughs> They'll only get better. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, I'll talk to you later, gentlemen. All okay. Right. okay. I'm enjoying my water. Goodbye. Are we just going to do rotating guests? Because if so, we can just incorporate somebody else next week. You want to try that? I kind of like the idea of rotating guests because it'll get our viewership up. Yeah. Now we show them that it's not as easy to be this electric. Yeah, right. It's like this 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 magnetism doesn't just yeah. happen. And this Kevin, is us this is us like, you know, on the low spectrum here after we've eaten our cornflakes in the morning. <laughs> God help us all if we didn't eat cornflakes each day. <laughs> the electric passion. The passion. The end of Boogie Nights would have nothing on us. <laughs> You're a star. <laughs> the man uh, hung dong, Eric. The man, man hung dong. That's how you win awards. <laughs> that's how you win awards. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter. There you He's go. Trying to push it? Got, got him pushing that Twitter, man. Yeah. One of these days, we're going to have one follower. <laughs> <laughs> one day.
one, one day. So don't forget to hit us up on Twitter uh, at Slurp and Chirp. Feel free to recommend a beverage. Tell David his hair looks great. David is still planning on updating us about his uh, his beer that he's, oh, he's yeah. making we've, on his we've, own. We've done a lot. We've made a lot of progress there. Yeah, how's that going? Did you buy the kit? No, we haven't got that far yet, but I talked oh. to Lily about buying the kit. Whoa, he's got permission to buy the kit, guys. <laughs> well, she, she isn't approving it. She's considering it. We're on to something here. All right. Well, that being said, you guys uh, keep on slurping. We'll keep on chirping. Until next time, everybody.